welcome to Our Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hello. How are you doing, Sam? I'm pretty good, thank you. Awesome, good. Try not to melt in this heat. Oh, you've got it nice and nice and hot down south. It's only only 18 degrees here. Hey, hey, it's not the south. Yeah, it's more southern than Newcastle. But it's, it's more southern, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's like 29 degrees, and it's like 9 in the, in the evening, and it's like, ugh, I just can't deal with it anymore. Oh, I know. It's like, I hate the warmth, and apparently you really like being warm. I, I, I prefer being warm to being cold. Sure, okay, we, that, that makes sense. <laughs> cold, because you can layer up if you're cold. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm just here dying. Anyway, <laughs> how's your, your week been for Magic? Yeah, it's been pretty good, I think. Um, so it was done on our store championships at the weekend, so most mm-hmm. of the week I've just been doing a, a bit of limited practice just for that, because uh, the store I was playing at was running uh, Dominaria Sealed for the event. Sweet. So just been trying to do back-to-back Dominaria Sealed events on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they went pretty well. Like, it was 2-1 in them, like, continuously... Uh, and then after the event, so obviously kind of not really the point of, of practicing them online. Uh, last night I ended up doing one and finally got that three nil. Sweet, pretty happy about. Mm-hmm. Managed to draft like a really sweet like blue green deck. Yeah, that looked really sweet. Yeah, really. Yeah, it was sick. Like had a helm of the host and then just some sweet like creatures to put it on. Mm-hmm. So just going like I had one game where it was just turn one I play Lanowar Elves. Turn two I play a, a Yavamaya Sapperd. Turn three, play the helm of the host. Turn four, put the helm on the sapperd, and then that was it. Just making yeah, infinite saplings, essentially. Yeah, that's amazing. Had a game where I put it on a homeward explorer as well, and just milled my opponent out. <laughs> Had a game where I put it on a cloud reader sphinx, and it was just like scrying two every turn, which is really good and limited. Yeah, that card's too good. Yeah, that card's like it's not a problem or anything, but like it just. I mean, I'm not picking any card other than that. Like, I'm not picking any card over that ever. I don't think. Yeah, I I would agree at this point. I think like I I did open one in my sealed pool for the store championships as well, and like again the same thing happened. Just like you just put it on your best creature, and then they kill your best creature, and then you just stick it on the token copy of it and do it all yep. over again the next turn. Like, thing, like this is a conversation like I've, I'm sure it's been had a thousand times, but like it doesn't have any drawback. It doesn't have the expected drawback that you'd think ever. Yeah, totally. So like. You assume because these effects historically have been like X on the second end of turn. Was it a nice pun there? Ah, historically. Yeah, been, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Trigger Davenant Trapper. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, normally it says X on end of turn. Doesn't say that. No. And you're like, okay, well, it's a legendary matter set, so surely it'd be bad in a legendary matter set. Um, like, it removes the legendary text from your from a legendary card. Yep. So you can do that, and then it doesn't say like non-token permanent yeah so you can just put it on the token the first one made after the first one dies it just has like no downside whatsoever nope and then it just wins games yeah it's it's ridiculous like it probably should have been a mythic I think so yeah it's just too good yeah like, I, I, I think I'd take it over Ice Manipulator I think I would agree like no matter how much I, I love Icy like mm. yeah I, Icy will help you a lot and really really help you sort of stabilise like at, at any point in the game to be honest but mm. just the value you get out of the Helm of the Host is ridiculous yeah, it's just nuts. Like, putting it on any creature is great, and then putting it in cards with ETB is just super it's, wild. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I said, the, the blue-green deck I was playing it in, like, mm-hmm. at the very worst, like, I put it on a Mammoth, mammoth Spider, <laughs> and it, like, yeah, like, one game I put it on a Mammoth Spider, and then That's the worst. it made, like, another Mammoth Spider, <clears throat> and then the next turn I played an Academy Journey Mage, so the turn after that I equipped the Helm to the Academy Journey Mage, and, like... 
mean, you, you just, you just don't lose. Yeah, you just literally, literally can't lose. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty sweet. So yeah, like I mean, the deck was was like ridiculous, really good. It came together really nicely. But I'm finally just, just happy just to hit that three zero finally. It's been a long time since coming. You, since you had one in your uh, your sealed pool for the, I'm going to call it game day because it's game day. It pretty much um, is, yeah. <laughs> um, does that mean that, that you completely smashed that that tournament? Or? Uh, not exactly. I ended up going two one one in the Swiss rounds of the the game day uh, or store mm-hmm. championships. So yeah, the first round I played against, uh, I was a I was playing a, a Jeskai deck. So I got like like on I got like two mythics in my pool. So I got a Gyro, I got a Weatherlight, I got like a Helm Sweet. of the Host, I got an Icy Manipulator, and then I got like Tiana, which is obviously pretty good with Helm of the Host, and just like loads of decent cards. Like the deck I got was was sweet like my pool was really good uh-huh. so uh, our game one ended up going just like dead long in the very first round playing against my opponent who was playing like a blue white tempo deck and it was yep. just a it was one of the best limited games I've played like ever I think it was just constantly one up in each other and playing what removal we had and it uh-huh. just went on forever and ever and ever and ever and eventually I just got the win at yep. that point there was like maybe like 12 minutes left on the clock or something <laughs> and then my uh, opponent managed to just sneak through a win on the uh, the fifth ter- the fifth turn of, of extra turns uh, yeah. uh, so we end up going drawing that one 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 but uh-huh. it was sweet it was really cool uh, and then after that I just went two nil easily like one of the games was put a helm of the host on the helm explorer milled my opponent out that's gas yeah like and then like the next game I think I put the helm of the host on like gyra and then was just drawing like two cards a turn essentially seems reasonably good it's just sweet really good uh and then round three i played against like a i think it was black green deck that just got there dead fast with sapperlings okay and just just yeah just got outpaced outraced yeah stuff like played like a a knight of malice turn two which i I couldn't really you know didn't really have anything to deal with because i kept a bit of a sketchy hand in the first game Uh, and then uh, the black in my pool was really good as well and i also opened a garner the blood flame so i had like a pretty sweet sort of grixis deck that i could sideboard into if i wanted to so i thought well i've got it there let's give it a go and yeah, that wasn't quite enough to get there, so I did did lose that one as well. Uh, and then went in the final round and just like one of my games, I put a Helm of the Host on on Baird and had like ten copies of Baird out. Like my opponent couldn't <laughs> couldn't they couldn't pay the cost to attack or anything. Yeah, it was sweet. It was a bit overkill, but it was really sweet. I mean, that's that's one of the best things about this format, right? You can just do whatever. You can do some really silly stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to crack a pack? We can do. I was going to ask how your how your week was first of all. Oh, I played some commander. It was yeah. good. Yeah. I won some commander games. Um, I drafted the vintage cube a bit. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vintage Cube's gassed. Oh, I love Vintage Cube, yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with Vintage Cube as well. Like yeah, Again, like, I've yet to, to 3-0 one this time, but I've done plenty of 2-1s, and then yeah. I ended up drafting this absolutely ridiculous Storm deck last night, mm-hmm. and was like, right, I have like the best Storm deck I've, I've like drafted in Vintage Cube ever, possibly. like The best one like, yeah. I've drafted, at least. And it's like, all right, like, round one, I was playing against uh, like uh, just like a blue-red win deck and yeah. just uh, stormed off nice easy wins and then like round two it was like turn one both the druids make a spirit turn two emrakul it's like alright cool okay that's pretty good can't beat that game two it was uh, turn one I'm gonna play in off the druids and then make a spirit and then turn two emrakul alright okay sure fine 
and then yeah round three so I, I, I'm on the play in round three uh, uh, I think I played like Mox Sapphire Black Cleave Cliffs I think like uh, like turn one and then passed and then next turn I played an island and played like Mana Echoes and was like right that's it I'm going to go off next turn mm-hmm. and then my opponent was also a storm deck and just went off on their turn <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah and then uh, uh, yeah game two of that just got out stormed again like I think they went off on like turn one or something and I was like well nothing I can do about that mm-hmm. that's yes, part of the joy of Instagram yeah totally so was a little bit disappointed I didn't get to do some silly things but yeah it, it was, it's been a lot of fun yeah I mean uh, channel's just the best card in the cube right probably yeah like channel's just like busted like it's really good I, yeah, I think I, I just picked it and played monogreen and it's just like like turn three, so we're just playing like a monogreen ramp deck. Like yeah. turn three, cast channel and cast tooth and nail entwined, get a terastodon and Udamog Ceases hunger. Yeah, seems good. And then next turn, regrowth the channel, yeah. <laughs> then channel and cast the Khan. Yeah. Um, and my opponent conceded with the Khan on the stack. Yeah, it seems good. As, as you would, because that was a pretty silly draw. Yeah. But like the rest of my the rest of my deck was like pretty medium. It was like a like monogreen ramp. Yeah, but I just mulligan to channel and just destroy people. Yeah, I think like if if you do if you have channel in your deck or like if you're playing with like ancestral or like time walk or whatever, like you mm-hmm. can just aggressively mulligan to find those cards and win the game Absolutely. on the spot essentially. Well, if you aggressively mulligan to ancestral recall, you, it's like you haven't mulliganed. Yeah, <laughs> like if you if you multi four and you have ancestral recall and an island. Yeah. <laughs> Seems good. <laughs> so yeah, I've been ha- having a lot of fun there. Uh, I, I just, I just wish there was a cube up all year round. To be honest. Yeah, it's so. It's like it's it's the most I like ever draft on on Magic Online. Yeah, same. Try and get as many drafts as I possibly can. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, speaking of drafts, let's move on to a yeah. uh, cracker pack for this week. Yep. So once again, we've got a, a nice Dominaria pack. We mm-hmm. figured we haven't got many many episodes left where we'll be cracking a Dominaria pack. Uh, given no, that but, uh, we got pre-release for M19 next Friday. Yeah. So next time, so not this weekend, but weekend after when we record, we'll have an M19 pack to crack for that. So that should be fairly interesting. I'm really excited for that. So this is probably going to be our second to last Dominaria pack. Man, I'm going to have to draft loads this week. Yeah, same. I, I mean, it's, it's not it's not going anywhere online as well, so I can always draft it online too. Yeah, it's just been, it's just been like, <laughs> again, we say it every week, it's just been great. Yeah, I, I, I literally have, I've lost count of how many like Dominaria limited games I've played. Yeah, like, how many, like, how many sealed, like how many sealed events I've done. I, I genuinely yeah. have no idea at this point because I've done so many and I don't think I could ever get sick of it no like I, I think I've opened more Dominaria packs than I've opened of any other set and like yes, that's yeah. pretty much just limited yeah, and I've opened boxes of other sets so yeah <laughs> um, yeah it's just it's just been so good yeah just, like, have a great time but anyway back, let's, let's open a pack let's get on with it then right second class pack let's make it a good one Maybe. We probably open some value at some point. Yeah, maybe. Foil card one time. Right, so first up we got Drudge Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like it's not a terrible card, like I don't hate it, but yeah. it's never I'm gonna not, be a I'm first not, pick. If I have to first pick this the, the draft is a train wreck and I'm going home. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Uh, so after that we got uh, Vidalian Arcanist one mm-hmm. blue for a 1-3 Merfolk Wizard tap it to add uh, one colourless spend it mana only cast instant or sorcery spell I've been more impressed with this as the format's gone on I really like this card like a lot The uh, so a 2 mana wizard is actually really relevant when you're trying to cast like it's really nice on the curve for the wizard stack where they care about the yep. wizards 
Um, the and fact the that, it, yeah, so the fact that it's a one three is like really relevant in this format as well. Like it yeah, blocks, sweet. you know, two two knights like all day long. It blocks like one one saplings, and then yeah, the fact that you can then tap it to cast like kicker spells. It's sick. Yeah, just like ramp you a little bit more for like your fight with fire and stuff like that. Yeah, she does everything. Really I like it's the card so well, at least. I agree. Uh, after that, we have got Knight of New Benalia. So it's a one and a white for a three one human knight. Uh, it's not better than the alchemist. No, I agree. I, I like it better than I did, like, the Raptor Companion or whatever it was in Ixalan. Yeah, it's a bit better in this format, but... Yeah, but it's still, like, the Arcanist is just a lot better here. Uh-huh. And next up, we've got Seismic Shift. Three and a red for a sorcery. Destroy target land. Up to two target creatures can't block this turn. I've never cast this card, and I plan to never cast this card, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's probably, like... Uh, like cigarette roach at best, right? Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, so, I've used it over the token card just to just to make a point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it might be a that nice uh, history banalia knight token. Ooh, uh, I'm not gonna use that. I'm gonna use this this piece of crap magic card. Exactly. <laughs> So, so after that we have Adventurous Impulse that's one green for sorcery look at the top three cards of your library you may reveal a creature or land from them put it in your hand put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order mm, it's okay yeah like I feel like it's probably better and sealed than draft but yeah. I'm, I mean I'm not going to actively like first pick it I'm probably even actively pick it like I get it yeah. on the wheel if I have to play it yeah I'm going to hope to wheel it in my green deck I guess yeah but it's, it's fine at best sure uh, after that, we have Run Amok. That's one red for an instant. Target attacking creature gets plus three, plus three, gains trampled and end of turn. Uh, no. No, I I think it is slightly more playable than I had originally thought. Um, yeah. So I've been doing doing a few of the Dominaria quick drafts on Magic Arena. Oh, yeah. And, like, in that format, because it's just best of one games, like, there is a mono-red deck. Like, you could just draft a mono-red deck, just trample yep. over your opponent in, like, five turns, and it's a totally viable option. And I think, like, this card is really good in that deck. Yeah. It's something you have to force, definitely, and say I've yet to attempt it in, like, a like a, an actual draft. <clears throat> but, uh, again, like, I'm never ever going to first pick this card. And no, I'm, Given that it's, it's valued fairly low anyway, it's it's gonna come yeah. back on the wheel. Yeah, I mean, in order, in purely just to annoy my friend Alex Mill, uh, I'm this card sucks. It does, yeah. The last time, the last time we had this card in the pack, and I said it was really, really bad. Um, he kens me at F and M and started having a go at me about how wrong I was and the fact that it's viable. It's like, no, it still sucks. Yeah, I just it, want to get that in there. This card's bad. <laughs> it it sucks less than I originally thought, but it definitely does suck. Oh yeah, it still sucks. Oh, definitely. So next up, we've got Blood Tallow Candle. That is one mana for an artifact. Uh, pay six, tap it, sacrifice it. Target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. Uh, mm, I'd be okay having it in a like heavy historic deck, but it's not first pickable. Yeah, I agree fully. It's like it's fine removal at a push, but mm-hmm. I'm still definitely on that Arcanist plan at this point. Yep. So after that we have Call the Cavalry. That's a three and a white for sorcery. Create two, <coughs> two, two white knight creature tokens with vigilance. Okay, I think I'm taking this so far. Yeah, I agree. I fairly impressed with the cards. Like, it's just decent value. Like four mana, create two two knights with vigilance. Uh huh. It's yeah. It's it's just good. Oh, it's a combo with the Arcanist. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you're playing those cards in the same deck, but it could happen. Yeah, like I've I've definitely played them together in the same deck in like a blue white tempo deck. Oh, okay, sweet. Because then you can Come just on. you can just cast it on turn three. Uh huh. But yeah, it just seems very good. Yeah, I'm taking the cavalry. I would yeah, I would also take the cavalry over the Arcanist at this point. I think oh, no disrespect to the Arcanist. <laughs> to that we come to last of our commons, and it's Academy Drake. It's two and a blue for a creature Drake. It's two two. It has flying. 
It also has kicker, so you can pay four of any colour. Uh, if Academy Drake was kicked, it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. Um, I've been less and less impressed with this in the format's gone on. I agree. I think like blue finishes that you want, um, like Cloudwater Sphinx and Coldwater Snapper, are just much higher than this. Yeah, I agree. Like Cloudwater Sphinx, is, it just feels a lot better than Academy Drake. Yeah, it's just like I'd rather pay. For five mana every time and get like a 3-4 with flying and a sky 2 yeah I agree then like have to worry about because I mean in the kind of decks where you want like a big beefy blue flyer um, the option of being able to cast it on turn 3 doesn't really matter that much yeah and you're not casting it on turn 3 that often no that's true yeah, I'm still taking the cover at this point hopefully yeah, you get I, I think I agree at this, uh, this point as well like I don't think Academy Drake is, is that bad a card but I would fully agree with the sentiment there that I feel the more I've played this format, like the less excited I am about it. Yeah, definitely. I was, I like I think I took it really high at the start of the format and then just I've slowly started to do the list just it just hasn't impressed me that much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so after that we come to our first uncommon. We've got Warcry Phoenix. It's mm. a three and a red for a Phoenix. It's a two two with flying and haste. And whenever you attack with three or more creatures, you may pay a two and a red. If you do, return Warcry Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking. I have never seen this card in play. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I've I've played it in a couple of decks. Um, really? And it's fine. Like, I've never had it in my, my pack one ever, so I've uh-huh. never been in the position where I could have potentially first picked it. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think it's that bad, but it's I think... It's not better than Cold Cavalry, right? I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's better than Call of the Cavalry. I mean, it's a it's a very aggressive leaning card, and like the aggressive decks in this format generally suck. Yeah, like I've I've played it in like just blue reds, like with a tempo stuff. Like mm-hmm. you want to be playing it in like in that kind of deck, like where you've got a, a couple of uh, you've got like a like an Adelise, and then maybe like a, a couple of Relic Runner. Yeah, the blue one. Yeah, a couple of Relic Runner and like an Adelise, and yeah, I don't know, like Academy Journey Mage or something. I but, just think like the the decks in the format where I'm attacking with three or more creatures is never the red decks, really. Yeah, I think I would agree. Like it's either gonna be like the straight up mono red deck, yeah, which like at that point I don't know, like a four mana two two final haste. Does yeah, like, even I mean, seem that good? Like I'm playing like, mono red because it's been passed to me and no one's taking red cards. Like I'm not looking to play mono red. Yeah, exactly. Like, mono red's good if you get past the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, um, I wouldn't try and play it ever. <laughs> no, I I would agree. I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think definitely call the cavalry is still the still the pick there. Definitely. So after that, we come to Triumph of Gerard. Ugh. One and a white. Uh, it's a saga. It's got. Th- three modes the first two are the same you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control with the greatest power <clears throat> and then the third mode is target creature you control with the greatest power gains flying first strike and lifelink until end of turn um, this looks a lot better than it is I agree 100% there it's, it's so easy to shut down yeah because like, your opponents just like see it coming a mile away and they just kill the creature yeah totally like you either you either play it early on and it isn't really that good like mm-hmm, slam exactly. it like turn 3 or something and you turn like a like a 1-1 one, one into a 2-2 two, two. Yep. or you slam it late game and your opponent's got removal yep exactly I yeah I remember being quite excited when I when I first like saw the card like when I first opened it at pre-release I opened like a pool at pre-release for like two copies of a day in and I was like oh it's going to be so sick but yep. it's it's just done nothing but disappoint to be honest yeah like it's, it's there's a lot of inherent power built in like I've won games with this card yeah um but you just have filled up moments where the third chapter goes off and they like blink of an eye of creature and yeah. it just feels horrible. Yeah, totally. You like invest the first two chapters and they like journey major and then you have to cast it again. Oh god, it's just so bad. Yeah, I agree. So we've got okay, last well, uncommon. We've got Memorial uh, to Folly. Oh god. It's a land. This is good. It is enters the battlefield tapped. You tap it uh, to add one black. Now oh, you can pay two and a black, tap it and sacrifice it, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. <sighs> 
I, mm, it's kind of good. Like I, I, I want to have at least one copy of this in every black deck I play, really, unless I play like a super control deck with like four creatures. But yeah, I, um, got, I don't even first picking it. I don't think. Yeah, I would agree. Like it, any deck that I'm playing black in, like I would be happy with this card. Uh, I think. Th- Oh, most of the most of the cards in that in that cycle land cycle are really good. Uh, the red one is completely terrible. It's yeah, the red one's unplayable. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's never going to be the first pick ever. No, no it's, it's just called called the cavalry. Called the cavalry so far. So far, we come to our rare. Oh my god, a rare what? is Squee the Immortal. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> one two We're red for a legendary creature, goblin. It's a two one. You may cast Squee the Immortal from your graveyard or from exile, unless it's exiled oh. by an Ixlands binding. Yeah, because they've changed that rule now. Yep. Um, it, I think I think this might might no, it can't be the pick, can it? Uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, like one red red just doesn't feel nice, like at all. Like one red red yeah, for I mean, a two one. That's like just isn't great like if it dies to like fungal infection and then you're not going to play it for a few turns yeah so I, I think call the cavalry is just better oh first pick in a common oh we do have a foil as well <gasps> see what the foil is it is Keldon Raider two oh, and two red for a 4-3 human warrior and then there's a battlefield you may discard a card if you do draw a card uh no yeah we call the cavalry as the pick sweet what a oh God, what an exciting pack oh yeah <laughs> Hey, okay. maybe maybe we've saved the best to last, and next week it'll be we'll have to choose between like Teferi and Foil Khan. Ooh, that's Teferi, right? Oh, I think it's Foil Khan. I mean, not for money wise, like for actual like destroying a draft. I yeah, even then, I'd say I say they're very close between Teferi and Khan, but I think I'd probably just take the Khan because you can play it in like any deck, and you can play it in like Legacy and Vintage, and it's Foil. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's definitely going to happen next week so. it will yeah so make sure you, you tune back in next week so you can <laughs> witness that absolutely yeah so with the uh, with the end of Dominaria approaching yes very upsettingly I thought we'd try a little a little sort of mini segment between segments yeah um, and I wanted to talk about what the best removal spell is in each colour in Dominaria uh, draft specifically awesome because I think the texture of like the, uh, the sealed format is slightly different and I think they might change but for like yeah. for, for Dominaria draft Yes. So, if we want to go through them in Wuburg order, yeah. we'll both say each and then sort of explain why. Yeah, sure. So, what's your what's your white removal spell? My white removal spell uh, is Seal Away. Seal Away? Yep. So, one in white, enchantment, it has flash, when it enters the battlefield, exile target top creature and opponent's controls until Seal Away leaves the battlefield. That is also my white removal spell. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it just deals with anything, right? Like, anything except for Squee. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got Squee, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It doesn't deal with, like, a Sarah Angel or, like, Cold Water Snapper, but everything else just deals with those. Yeah, I think I think it's, like... Obviously, it's an uncommon, but, like, yeah. it, it's the it's the best white removal spell, I think, um, because you're not... You're not there, there are very few... Um, there are very few creatures you want to remove that aren't attacking you and killing you. Yeah. So they're going to be tapped, and then the amount of enchantment removal in this format that's actually playable is quite limited. Yeah, I would agree. So I... I I'm, I'm very happy every time I see a seal away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and like, yeah, the fact that it, it is uncommon, uh, one in white with flash as well, like, it's it's one of those nice combat tricks that because it's in white, like, if you just leave, like, two planes up, like, your opponent's ah. never going to think, oh, they, they've got a seal away, like. Yeah. So uh, I, it's just really efficient because it just deals with anything. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's um, a very clean answer. Yeah. And the, the drawback of it having to be tapped is just, it rarely matters. Yeah, it's not really a drawback when you're going to you know get use it to get rid of creatures that are attacking you anyway. Exactly. So Sweet. I think okay. we are both in agreement over that one. Oh, man. I was hoping <laughs> we're going to have like, a super long argument. Cool. So, okay, so what's, what's your blue removal spell? Uh, my blue removal spell is Deep Freeze. Why? Uh, I've played it. I mean, mainly I think because I've played it quite a few times over this past week, and it's mm-hmm. just it's just overperformed. See, my my value of this card has gone up and down like so drastically throughout the format. Yeah. So when I first like when I first started drafting this format, I sort of treated it as like a water knot from rivals. Yeah, sure. It's like premium blue removal, but yeah. it's just not. It just sits there as an O four, and so many of your ground creatures just can't get through it. Yeah. Which is. Like a really, it's a really big problem, um, and it's not. I think if you're playing like the Flyers deck and you have Cloud Breeder Sphinx, or you have like Arcane Flights to put on your creatures to just that, that's how you're finishing the game. I think it's it's fine in a in a sort of control shell where you're just flying over the top and don't really care. Yeah. But if you're, you're trying to play a tempo game or you're trying to just, just play a mid range game, which most limited decks are, and you just give them an O four wall that can just block all day, it just it feels horrible. Quite possibly. Like so, I the I mean, the seal's quite different to draft. Uh, but that that seal deck that I played that I three nailed with like yeah. last night I was running like three copies of it in there and like I feel like it's it's just really good at dealing with like just like a big threats and also like flyers as well like it brings flyers down and just leaves the skies clear so if you do have it like a two two flyer and you've got like a you can build up a solid army on the ground just getting in yeah. for that two damage a turn can just get there. Um, I do like how splashful it is. Yeah, it is. It's very splashful, very playable. I think. My opinion of it has just gone up and up as long like as far as this formats go because I think I did it's slightly undervaluated originally. Yeah, I don't really take this card sort of ever. Yeah. Um, maybe I, I don't really have time now, but maybe maybe I should. Um, just I just I found it to be more of a hindrance than a help a lot of the time where I'd rather them have you know like a two two. Yeah, an O four. So I don't see. I don't really count that as a removal spell, but it is blue. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, blue, blue. You know, traditionally never really has great removal spells, but I think the fact that it's it's common, so it shows up fairly frequently. Yeah, and the, you know, the, there are no real limitations on what you can stick it on, apart from like the hexproof creature in the format. So mm-hmm. you could you know stick it on anything. Like the fact that they lose all like they lose all abilities is really relevant as well. So you, know, you stick it on a Multani, stick it on a like Sarah Angel, stick it on like on a Yard like whatever <laughs> on a yard. Yeah, why not a stranger thing uh, so, so glad you won't have any abilities after that <laughs> I mean my, my blue spell is uh, blink of an eye oh okay which is you know into the royal is just a good card right yeah sure yeah I I do like blink of an eye like uh, again my my evaluation of that card is, has gone up a lot as well as the format's gone on absolutely like the four mana blink at draw a card like four mana bounce at draw a card is pretty good it's just yeah it's just very very um efficient like and the kind of decks you want to play it in yeah like your tempo decks is just nuts yeah um, it's quite good at um just getting like it's good against the equipment decks and the aura decks where you can just bounce that thing in response yeah. to the equipment of the attach and it's really good against tokens i mean i don't like bouncing a suffering doesn't feel great but sometimes like i bounce a 2 2 knight off call of the cavalry and felt really good about it and draw a card yeah totally like at the worst bounce a suffering and draw a card is it's gonna be all right like mm-hmm. um but i don't know like i I picked Deep Freeze over it because it it doesn't really like essentially permanently deal with the threat like Deep Freeze sort of does because sure. like they can just play it again the next turn and then it's there and it's back. Yeah. Whereas like Deep sense. Freeze, it's 
it's you know yeah sure it's there as a blocker but it's a zero four and it's not going to attack you okay so in which case can we count timer bites um yes if we can also count in bolus's clutches yeah yeah i just uh just realized maybe maybe in bolus's clutches is probably just the best removal in blue it's just a better removal of the format i think yeah because you just win the game yeah because it removes a creature six mana remove target creature from the game and with the with the second yeah, and text, now it's yours. The game. yeah yeah <laughs> okay sure sure I still think we're, we're, we're both wrong yeah and Time of Ice is also good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, like Ice, I, my, uh, my double Time of Ice draft this week allowed me to finally three out of four months. So nice. Yeah, mm. I, I think the th- I think the the tempo like the tempo removal spells like you know like Time of Ice and Blink of an Eye are very mm-hmm. good in those tempo decks. Whereas I think generally speaking, I think Deep Freeze is is just a better removal spell. Okay, I can get behind that. That's, yeah, that's fine. Cool. So should we move on to Black? What is your Black? removal spell uh, it's just eviscerate yeah mine is also eviscerate it's a four mana destroy target creature what at common what more could you want yeah that's it like it's it's very clean it mm-hmm. does exactly what it says in the tin like three in a black destroy target creature yeah, it's, it's great. just gonna deal with pretty much anything uh, and it's so splashable yeah splashable really splashable like, uh, like just you know premium removal like it's nothing exciting it's nothing spicy but sometimes it's just right just to pack one pick one the black removal spell yeah and I mean black also has two other very reasonable options in vicious offering and self score yeah totally but I'm always taking this rate over those two cards first uh, I think I, yeah I, take, I value the first of this rate the highest yeah and then I pick up more vicious offerings after that this is more versatile yeah I think uh, I think I would agree yeah but uh, yeah this rate's just I, I find it better certainly better than Selton score because the exile clause only I think it literally only matters against um, I suppose if they're playing like soul salvage and stuff yeah or Morris Folly but it, it really only matters against Multani um, in which case this rate's just exactly the same obviously the, the planeswalker loyalty clause on Selton score has never been relevant ever yeah same I've, yeah I've never used that for anything ever um, yeah I think like the only other scenario would be like I was going to say if they were cast like adamant will on something but even then like that's that's an instant like Settler scores a sorcery anyway and I'm going to respond to that adamant will other yeah I mean I'm, something indestructible uh, yeah it's just I think it's just the best option for the, for, for the black decks yeah I agree definitely be the first copy of removal spell yeah sweet okay so we agree yes agree on that one again so move on to move on to red cool so for red I got sheaven fire yeah sheaven fire is really good yeah first cut that card a lot yeah uh, it was, what was your pick for red um, mine is fight with fire okay cool so because fight with fire just you know deal five damage to target creature yeah and then if you have the mana kill your opponent yeah that is that's fair enough definitely I I went with Shaven Fire. Um, again, I've played played with Shaven Fire a lot this week. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like one red deal two damage to target creature. Like at instant speed, is just mm-hmm. like it always feels good. Like yeah, you're always going to pick something off. Like if you like talking about like uh, like Quadrant Fury or something like so cards like which affect the game at like various stages in the game. Like whether you're ahead, whether you're behind, whether you're at parity. Like mm-hmm. it seems really really good in like any one of those scenarios. Yeah. Like early on in the game, you're gonna get rid of like anything, like anything that they might have, like a sapherd, or maybe they've got like an academy drake or something. Like you kill that, and then later on in the game, casting it for five mana and deal four damage is like it's fairly relevant in this format, given like how many like X three that they are, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, like three four flyers and stuff. And, yeah, like, yeah, it's very reasonable. Um, Do you think it's better than Wizard's Lightning? I th- yeah, I think it's better than Wizard's Lightning. So you don't want 3 mana, 3 damage all the time. You'd rather have 
two damage, four mana most of the time, and then have five mana, four damage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would agree definitely. And I think also that the fact that it's common helps. Is, I think one of the reasons why I, I picked it as well because it's it's fairly easy just to get multiple copies of it. Okay. Uh, people are taking them quite highly, though. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, again, like you, you would have to pick them fairly early, but I think they are, they are ju- just that good. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, people are taking the other weapon removal spells as highly. Yeah. But I just, I just like fight with fire because it's it, it kills pretty much like most things in the format. Yeah, totally. It is. It is. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. It is a very good card. Uh, it's a particularly good, good finisher. I think definitely. Um, yeah, um, just being able to. Done for ten is sweet, and then like it can it can act as a board wipe if you need it. Yeah. Um. If for some reason doing ten damage to their face isn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I think we should move on to green, and I think you should go first because mine mine's mine's going to be an interesting one. Cool. Okay. So uh, my pick for green was just Ancient Animus. Uh, why is that? Is it because it's the only actual removal spell in the format? Uh, yeah. I mean, it. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't really pick Territorial Allosaurus because it's a rare. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like you can. You can probably play it in any green deck, but oh god, it feels bad. It's, yeah, it's it's certainly the, the worst removal spell in the set, I think. To be honest, yeah, the cards just because there have been there have been formats where pounce has been good. Yeah, pounce has been good. Like prey upon's been good. This is an upgrade to pounce. Yeah, right, because it has that random legendary cause that like could matter. But yeah, I just find every time it's just not been great. Yeah, I would agree hundred percent. I feel the more I played this format. My evaluation of this card has just gone down. Yeah, it's just I, I never. I used to take it highly because I've I've remembered formats where Palace has been good and where Prey Upon has been good. Yeah. Oh god, this is just it's just so bad. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd play it like I'd play a copy in my green deck. Yeah. Um, if I was hard pushed, but it just never feels good. No, it doesn't. I fully agree with you there. So, so, what was what was your pick then? My green best green removal spell in the format. Yeah. Mammoth Spider. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's just it's the best option uh, green has to deal with creatures. Yeah, I would agree there definitely. Yeah, five mana three five with reach. It's just this cast is great. Um, I think every green deck should have one to two copies in the stack if you can get them. Yeah, I fully agree. Like it, it's just gonna block like anything in the air. Yeah, it, it, there's so many things. It, like there's so few things it doesn't block. Yeah, and kill. <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe just like a card reader thinks like it'll block that all day. That's yeah, fine. like Sarah Angel block that all day. Like yeah, it's just it's so because I mean giant spider's always been in like. Uh, a very very playable card in any format. Yeah, and just the the one extra mana for the one extra power and toughness is just so good. Yeah, definitely. Like, the, the way that the, the way that the formats sort of shaken out, it just nothing gets through this. Like yeah, outside totally. of and mythics. I, I mean, like primordial one, but if, if you're playing primordial one, then they're just losing the game because that card is yeah. pretty bad. But even like the rares and mythics, like you've got like like yeah, like it's gonna block. Rada, it'll block Joda, it'll block like Raph, it'll block like Halar, it'll block Garner. Uh, it, I mean, it'll block Arvad, but they're gonna trade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like it blocks Adelie's, blocks Rona, blocks Shana, blocks Slimefoot, blocks Tatiova, blocks Tiana. Like it just it blocks just everything. Like blocks the Weatherlight. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. yeah. Like talk, talk about like Yargle taking down the Weatherlight, like. Mom spider. <laughs> like, yeah, like literally one spider just block them life forever. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it can trump block run. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> true, true. But it's it's just it's acted in so many games that I played. It's acted as a repeatable removal spell. Yeah, where it just sits there and it like it gains you life sometimes, or or it just it picks off all their creatures, or they just can't attack. And it's just it's so much better than ancient animus. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean ancient animus on a, on a mana spider is total gas, but I think it's like it's just so good. Yeah. I, I love spiders so much. I'm going to be so sad to have to draft giant spiders again in M19. Oh, no. <laughs> 
So I just thought that would be like a fun little segment to do. Yeah, totally. Free. free. No, that's it, cool. It's like a glaring omission, like in bonus glitches. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I definitely think there are strong, strong arguments for, I think, both our picks in most cases there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, not blue, though. You know, blue is just straight wrong. Blue was just, yeah. Just, just, I mean, if we are if we are counting in both clutches, then, yeah, sure, that's the best removal in the set. Yeah, because, I mean, it's pre- like, probably just time of ice. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. After, when I, when I, as soon as I blinked and I was like, oh, time of ice is a card, it's great. Like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> yeah, no. This is just nuts. <laughs> then I feel like if we're if we're going to allow in bonus clutches, then why don't we just allow Ice Manipulator as well? Well, no, that's the best removal spell in the format. That's not in, in a colour, though, isn't it? Yeah, true. That's the best removal spell in every colour. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, colourless and not a colour, fine. <laughs> it's not a colour. Yeah. I mean, you're not drafting mono grey in this format, are you? Oh, believe me, I've tried. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you can try with like warm power stones and nonsense, but it's not going to happen. No, it doesn't. It's just not It's just not a thing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, I think we should move away from, from Dominaria now and uh, move on to the new, the new set. Yeah, new hotness, Corn yeah. 2019. So, Woo-hoo. we've got the full spoiler for the set now. Yeah. Which, like, overall, like, I'm really happy with this set. Yeah, look, like, there's so many sweet reprints, so many sweet cards. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in it. There's some really interesting reprints as far as, like, Omniscience and, like, Scapeshift go. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's some, like, fine, like, reprints for, like, the draft formats. Like, stuff like, you know, like Enigma Drake, like, Lightning Strike and stuff. Like, Giant Spider. Yeah, Giant, <laughs> like, just, like, Colossal Dreadmore, sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the meaniest reprint of them all. Yeah, just like decent cards. Like I really like the uh, the dual land cycles as well. So we've yeah, got, like all the common dual lands. Are... Yeah, they're all at common, and I like that they all they're all representing like different planes on them as well. Like all of the yes, arts from a different plane. You got like Forsaken Sanctuary, obviously from Innistrad. Uh, you mm-hmm. got like Foul Orchard from like Ixalan with like a dinosaur in it and stuff. And, like, yeah, Stone yeah. Quarry from like Armonkhet. Uh, like Timber Gorge from Zendikar. Like Cinder Barons from Armonkhet. I really like that they've, they've done that. It's like Tranquil Expanse has got like the like the Kaladesh, like planes and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that it, like even the, the lands seem like really on flavour with the set. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, this feel, this feels nearly as nostalgic and flavourful as Dominaria. Yeah, almost. Like it just feels. Like, I know, like core sets generally are like they're at a weaker power level, and it's it's a lot more sort of like clean cut, stripped back, you know, back to basics kind of thing. But mm. Just looking at the set, it looks like it's going to be really refreshing. Yeah, like I'm so excited that Corsair's back. Yeah, it's so sweet. So one thing which we thought was really cool is that the uh, the Elder Dragons are back. Elder Dragons. And they've got a brand new cycle of Elder Dragons. Is the original Elder Dragons from Legends, so obviously the one that the format is named after. Mm-hmm. So I think this week we thought we'd just do a bit of a, a breakdown on these Elder Dragons specifically and compare them to their, their former selves. Yeah, um, um, you know, power creep is a thing. It is, <laughs> certainly is a thing, yeah. Uh, their, spoiler warning, uh, the new versions are all massively better <laughs> than their original. Their yeah, original. I think so. Like, considerably better than their original ones. Yeah, so I mean, it's just... Let's just get into it and just go through them, right? Yeah, let's go for it. So, so I'm going to start with my favourite one. Yes. And one that I'm going to build a commander deck around immediately. I've already started buying cards for it. I feel like you should like you should call it EDH, really, um, given that it is an Elder Dragon. For legal reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't possibly. Um, yeah, so yeah, EDH. Elder, I'm going to start playing Elder Dragon Highlander again. Yeah. So we have... I've already I've already bought some cards for this and I've already pre-ordered a full copy of this card. Awesome. We have <laughs> Arcades or Arcades <laughs> Strategist. Yes. Uh, which is one and Bant, so one green, white, blue. Yeah. 
For a legendary creature, Elven Dragon, is a 3-5 with flying and vigilance. Whenever a creature with Defender enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Yes. Each creature you control with Defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness, rather than its power, and can attack as though it didn't have Defender. Yeah, it's assault so formation, like, but a dragon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like Doran, sort of. Yeah. Assault formation. Yeah. Um, it's really strange as, as a design <laughs> goes. It's really cool that, like, you can... Because this... Right, I mean... There might be one that's possibly standard playable. These cards are mostly for EDH and like casual purposes, right? Because they're just cool. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, this is just a slime. Like, you, you defend the tribal and commander is now a thing. Yeah, totally. Which is so, like, <laughs> it, it, it already was, but I mean, the Doran decks, like, you couldn't actually play Defender because it, it, it doesn't have the text. You can attack as though they didn't have Defender. Yeah. I'm just so excited about this card. It's, yeah, it's really cool. I really like it. I mean, I really like the design of like all of the Elder Dragons. Like, they all feel mm-hmm. really unique. They all feel like they they really fit sort of the the dragons. Uh, I think, yeah, like I said, there's only one or two, or I mean, maybe three that mm-hmm. will be standard playable at the least. But they're all going to make for really interesting commanders. Like, they're all going to be like interesting like brawl decks. Like, if that's your thing. Uh, and it's just in draft, like they all like I'd probably open any of them and play with any of them in draft as like my my bomb rare. I mean, yeah, like uh, I mean, <laughs> at its worst, Arcade uses a four mana three four three five flying vigilance. Yeah, that's completely fine. It's I mean, good. Of different colors, but so I mean, if we compare it to the original Arcade Sabbath, yes, Arcade Sabbath. <laughs> Uh, relation to Black Sabbath, uh, it's that's, that's poor. Yeah, that's yeah I'll, edit, I'll edit that one out. But, uh, <laughs> so Arcadia Sabbath, it's two and uh, two white, two green, two blue. So it costs eight in total. Uh, is a seven-seven flyer. Uh, you can pay white to give it plus zero plus one until end of turn and your untapped creatures gain plus zero plus two attacking creatures do not get this bonus and uh, then you have to pay white green blue during your upkeep or a card arcadia's sabbath is buried so you're reading the actual legends text not the oracle text oh yeah it's yeah <laughs> oh yeah keeping like, it all school sure uh this card's really bad um <laughs> but it's it's very cool like obviously they've channeled the flavor of the old version of um untapped creatures as long as they're not attacking get plus two plus two, plus two and you can pay it to bump its toughness yeah um they've translated that into defend the tribal yeah it's just it's very very cool yeah definitely like obviously it's had a, a downgrade as far as like power and toughness goes but uh, it, the new version of the card is considerably better at like half the cost as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that it's got vigilance. Yeah. It's a come back to the fact that it's got, you know, each untapped creature you control gets plus one, plus two. Uh, it's just sweet. Yeah. It's a sweet flavor win. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like the new one, it, it does, like, you're right, like, it does feel quite faithful to the design of, of the old one, but. Absolutely. It very much fits in with the sort of you know new world order of, of design that they have going on nowadays. Yeah. And I I would much rather play a commander deck with the new Arcades as my commander than the previous one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm probably gonna put the old one in the deck. Oh yeah, absolutely. The old art is one hundred percent better than the new art. Yeah, I I agree for for all of them to be honest. Like the the old art like Legends is probably like my favourite set. For art so, anyway, so I'm kind of biased towards that. But 
Uh, yeah, the old art, particular for these dragons, is way cooler. Definitely. So if we move on to yes. Chromium Mutable. Yeah, so speaking of standard playable dragons, yeah. we've got, our nice, got like- yeah, a nice control finisher. So it's four, mm-hmm. one white, one blue, and one black for a 7-7 legendary creature, Elder Dragon. It has flash and also has the spell can't be countered. And it has flying. Mm-hmm. And it says discard a card until end of turn. Chromium the Mutable becomes a human with base, power, and toughness 1-1. One, one. Loses all abilities and gains hexproof. It can't be blocked this turn. It's a weird card. It is a really weird card. It's, uh, it's a bit of a, a flavour win, though, with that ability, based on the the old story uh, where Chromium falls in love with a human. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's really cool. I like that they have added that aspect there. Um, like I said, I think out of all of them, this is probably the most playable as far as like standard goes. Yeah, I'm not sure if it actually will see play but it's the most it's the closest yeah i think like obviously rotation needs to happen first for mm-hmm. any major changes but yeah like you know most control decks are gonna gonna run at least like one copy of this at your top end i think yeah i i, I can see that definitely. yeah i like that and a lot we have uh compared to the old one yeah we have just 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 chromium. Chromium, that is two. Uh, two black, two blue, two white. Uh, for again, summon Elder Dragon Legend. Uh, it's a 7-7. Seven, seven. It has flying, and it has Rampage 2. Uh, Rampage was a keyword ability that gives an attacking creature a bonus to its power and toughness when it's blocked by more than one creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has pay black, blue, white during your upkeep, or chromium is buried. Yes, as, as all the Elder Dragons do. Yes. Void those cards, man. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not good. I mean, the artwork is fantastic, because it just looks like Actually, Mechagodzilla. Yeah, 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 definitely, but... Sucks. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, eight mana seven seven flyer. I mean, they're all eight mana seven seven flyers, but that's With the drawback. Yeah, that's pretty much all it does. Yeah, I can. It's not. It's so. This one's more of a flavor throwback than it is an actual design throwback, right? Yeah, totally. Because the, the rampage two and the fact that it becomes a one one unblockable human with hexproof that makes no sense at all. Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't think they've done like they haven't done rampage uh, since time spiral. I think time spiral was the last card, the last set with rampage in because it was on a yep. time shifted card of uh, uh-huh. Craw Giant. But before yep. then, like fifth edition was the last time they printed rampage. Yeah, because it's it's just not a very good mechanic. Yep, and it, correct. It's definitely. It's not one that fits those colours as well, I think. Black, blue, and white. Mm. I feel like, if anything, it's more of like a red mechanic. Yeah, i put it on red or green cards. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're going to move on. Yes. Because that, that's a pretty boring one. Yeah. So next, next we've got uh, Palladium Moors, the Ruiner. Yeah. Which is uh, the Naya Dragon. There's three red, green, white. Yeah. For a 6-6 legendary creature, Elder Dragon. Yeah. It has Flying, Vigilance, and Trample. Yes. And it has Hexproof, as long as it help, if it hasn't dealt damage yet. Yeah, driving is weird. It, it is. Weird yeah, it's, it's a very, very strange wording on that. Um, really sort of strange ability. But I almost think that this one, this one could well be playable as well. Okay, what in a Naya monsters? Yeah, sort of stumpy. I mean, flying vigilance and also trample. Yeah, exactly. Flying vigilance, trample, six mana, six six. But is oh. what format where you've got Lanamore elves and you can you know, get it out earlier than earlier than turn six. Sure. Okay. Like, I okay. think like, again, like rotation is going to have to happen for that for it to be a thing. For like, to have like a major change like that. Yeah. But I yeah I I really don't think it's it's that bad at all. Like six minus six six flying vigilance trample with pseudo hexproof. Yeah, it's just it's a weird. I'm gonna have to see how it how it shakes out like playability wise. But it's a it's an interesting design space though. For, like, yeah, definitely. So if we we compare this to the legends counterpart. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> Palladium Moors. Yes. 
two, red, red, green, green, white, white. Yep. That's the old name. It's a 7 7. There's flying and trample. Yep. So we've got the special abilities that, you know, they, they, all the dragons have flying and a special ability. Yep. It's just trample. <laughs> <laughs> and it has the Elder Dragon text at the beginning. Uh, like, uh, sorry, I was about to read the Oracle text. Uh, pay white, green, red yep. during your upkeep or play these more is buried. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, sure. <laughs> it's just a flying trample 7-7. Seven, seven. Yep, so they've decided to, to you know, pay homage to, uh, to the original cards by making it flying and trample yep. and vigilance. And vigilance, just to make it a bit better. Like, yeah. <laughs> and this whole weird hexbreed thing. Yeah, totally. And also you manage to not sacrifice it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it it is absolutely better in like every way. Like obviously, it's got one less power and one less toughness. But mm-hmm. I would I'd play the new Palladium Wars over the old one any day. Like yeah. again, unless it's like an art contest, in which case the old one is winning out hands down. And let's be honest, there's very few magic cards that would beat that card in an art contest. Personally, <laughs> just the sweet old dragon. Yeah, sweet old dragon with a fork <coughs> turn next to like a skeleton and a pile of skulls, like. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's really sweet. It's like it's very, it's very fantasy Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's like, really cool. Also has the, the new art though has the best horns out of all dragons. Yeah, I think so. We say that as a bollocks and spy podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Plenty More's uh, horns are just like super dope. Yeah, big spiraly horns are pretty cool. Definitely now with that. Sweet. So After next that, we have yeah we have. Uh, quite bad with the names in this one so it's be yeah. Vervictus as Mardi the Dyer that's yeah. three black red green for a 6-6 six, six. Elder Dragon has flying and then whenever it attacks for each player choose target permanent that player controls those players sacrifice those permanents each player who sacrificed a permanent this way reveals the top card of their library then puts it on the battlefield if it's a permanent card so sort of a mini chaos warp type of thing yeah it's a really strange ability this one I think it seems quite powerful. It, I mean, it does. I feel like it's, it's very hard to evaluate just exactly Absolutely. how good that will be. So, I think the, the range between the the floor and the ceiling on that are absolutely is like it's massive. Like, yeah. So when you you got your worst case scenario, like, uh, you you're gonna get rid of like your opponent's biggest creature, and then they just reveal another one from the top of the library and play that yeah and you choose like a land and then you reveal like uh, like a, a spell uh-huh. and then nothing's happened there so obviously that's the floor of the card but then the ceiling of the card you've got like i guess the opposite essentially like you get rid of your opponent's best creature and then like the top card of their deck is like any any spell yeah and then you get rid of like a land and then get like you know just like another really like sweet dragon yeah yeah like the, the the range of things i mean i think i think this i'm not sure this is playable i yeah i would agree i think it's gonna be a sweet edh card yeah definitely it, it is like i say a real, it can be a really cool card for commander uh, or brawl like if that's your thing but i i just don't think this one is quite good enough for stand play no, I I definitely agree. I so we, even past rotation, to be honest, I think like yeah, just uh, because, yeah, I think there's just there's just so much variance in that ability, and you haven't really got in those colours, especially you haven't really got any sort of top deck manipulation to gain you any advantage. And uh, I yeah, I just don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's going to see much play at all. No, I agree. However, no, compared to, to the, yeah the old version, mm-hmm. which also has some pretty unique art, uh, it was just called Victus as Mardi. It's two two black. 
2 red and 2 green for a 7-7 flying dragon. Uh, and you can pay black to get plus 1 plus 0 until end of turn. Pay red to get plus 1 plus 0 until end of turn. Or pay green to, play, to get plus 1 plus 0 until end of turn. Uh-huh. It's just like fire breathing in three different colours. Yes, for some reason. Yeah. Because it's a dragon. It breathes fire and swamps and forests. <laughs> just breathes trees at you. Yeah. Um, this, okay. Yeah. I don't really see the connection between the new and the old, though, on this one. No, I don't at all. Like, uh, it, I feel like there, like there isn't really a connection as far as like mechanics goes. There isn't really a connection at all. Um, mm-hmm. Like they look fairly similar in the art. I think it's probably like the the closest comparison you could make. Like, well, I mean, they both almost weird. yeah, they both almost have like a, a bit of a weird cod face. <laughs> a bit of a weird cod face. Yeah, like I mean, oh. uh, to, like if Nicol Wall is the God Pharaoh, I think Vivictus is the, the cod Pharaoh. That's just that's worse. Yeah, I'll edit oh, that one out to you. <laughs> this, this is where podcast where turns into in, podcast turns into a podcast. Oh, right, <laughs> if he's making it to the final thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So next time when we upload this week's podcast, we just call it a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> On this week's podcast episode seventeen, the catch of the day. <laughs> <laughs> How many of these have you got, man? <laughs> anyway yeah i i don't think this one is playable at all like uh, i don't even think it's it's that better than the the older one like to be Uh, honest like stick them in the arena together and yeah sure because of its ability you're going to get rid of the old version but if you didn't have that ability the old one would just wreck it any day absolutely so i guess we better we better move on to Big boy. Yeah, so we've saved the best to last. Oh, yeah. We have Nicola Bolas, the Ravager. So he is one blue, black, red for a 4 4 flying legendary creature. When Nicola Bolas, the Ravager, enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. And then it has you pay four, one blue, one black, one red, exile Nicola Bolas, the Ravager, then return him to the battlefield transformed under his owner's control. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. And mm-hmm. he transforms into Nicola Bolas, the Arisen, which is a legendary planeswalker, Bolas. He has seven loyalty, and he has some pretty good abilities. Mm-hmm. So the first one is plus two, draw two cards. Minus three, Nicola Bolas, the Arisen, deals ten damage to target creature or planeswalker. Uh, minus four, put target creature or planeswalker from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's <coughs> pretty good. Or minus twelve, exile all but the bottom card of target player's library. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's quite quite powerful abilities. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I think I think the card is great. I think it's fantastic. I I just don't think the creature side is gonna be good enough for standard play. Like the, you you have to play him on you have to play him on turn six with negate back up. Um, so it doesn't die. So you can just transform it the next turn. But mm-hmm. oh, I I just I just think it's I think the creature is too the creature's too weak for a payoff so powerful. Yeah, I agree. So would you would you play it if it was an eleven mana just straight planeswalker? Um. Hmm. So if it was five, oh, like red. yeah, eleven mana is a lot of mana. That's how much it takes to cast Nicol Nicol Bolas and then transform him. Yeah, that is true. But so uh, would, would you play it as just a planeswalker for eleven mana? For eleven mana, no, I wouldn't play it as just a planeswalker. That's reasonable. Uh, if it was like yeah, like a I don't know, even if, if it was like a like four mana suspend planeswalker or something, then yeah, sure, I'd play that. Like four mana suspend four planeswalker. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I'd play that. Um, but yeah, if it was slamming this down turn eleven, like like no. Yeah. But I I mean I'm I'm gonna try and play it. Like I'm gonna 
try and make a Grixis deck and just play this because the upside, like I said before, in comparing like the floor and the ceiling of the cards, like the ceiling on this card is absolutely ridiculous. Like if you can <clears throat> successfully transform Nickel Bolas into Nickel Bolas the Arisen, like awesome. you're probably not going to lose that game. Yep. Like it, just, it can deal with pretty much anything. Like it's got nine. I mean, it's going to come in with, like, seven loyalty, which are going to plus, go plus two, and then it's got nine loyalty, and, like, unless they've got, like, a removal spell that's kill, which can, kills a Planeswalker, like, uh-huh. nothing's going to kill it the next turn. Uh, yeah. Or you just minus three and kill one of their biggest threat is, or kill that Planeswalker. Yeah. Like, it's just sick. Like, it's... I think, like, on face value alone, it's probably the most powerful Planeswalker they've printed. Uh, yes. Yeah, like, okay. I think maybe, like, this or, like, Con liberated are very close, I think. Like as far as like in, uh, in a vacuum, like in a vacuum, like what the card does. Uh-huh. Um, like yeah, obviously, like Ugrin's quite good as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, in a vacuum, Nickel Bolas just kills Con liberated with minus three. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Jeez. Yeah, that's a flavor win as well. Oh. It's so good. I am. Like I said, I'm, I'm not expecting it to put up results ever at all. But I, I I'm gonna try and build a Grixis deck just to <laughs> play around this because I just think it's great. So a couple of interesting points about the card itself before yes. we move on to looking at the old card. Yeah. So it's the only flip card in the set. It is, the yeah. transform card in the set, I should say. Yes. Uh, which means there are going to be sheets, unless they've changed how they do uh, transform cards. Yeah. Of just nickel ballers. Yes. Um, and I really want to own one of those. Yeah, same. Really badly. So... He's so sweet. Like, traditionally, when they've had sets with dual-face cards in, so... Uh, even right up to up to Ixalan, like uh, arrivals for Ixalan, the most recent one. Mm-hmm. The dual face card has been on a it's been printed on a separate sheet to the rest of the rares or mythics or whatever sort of rarity it comes in at. Mm-hmm. So I've seen sets in the past, like uh, like any of the Innistrad sets, they've been on a on a separate sheet and there's been a totally separate slot in the booster pack specifically for that dual face card mm-hmm. and I know that they they had been experimenting with different sort of collation methods and stuff and that's one of the things that obviously has changed so as time's gone on they figured well we can have dual face cards like all at one rarity now like we can distribute them amongst one, one rarity so we can print them on a sheet in a certain way so it doesn't you know affect affect that so that's how we got yep. the dual face cards in Ixalan mm-hmm. uh, but then also the, all the the way they did it for Dominaria, how each Dominaria pack has a legendary in it as well, yep. shows that there's there are a lot more they can do these days. And I I haven't seen any uncut sheets for Core 2019 yet. Like hopefully I'll see one soon. Soon, uh, mm-hmm. but from what I know of the printing process and the booster pack collation and distribution process, there there should still just be just a sheet with Nicol Bolas the Ravager on it and nothing else. Like. Maybe like one or two, just like blank cards or like discard cards. Or um, the other, the other way they could do it would be to print it with the the tokens and advertisement cards. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's, but, what, that's they're made of different card stock, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. So that would be they'd either have to make this make nickel ballers a physical piece of crap, yeah. or um, have the tokens improve vastly in quality. So, yeah. I mean, so I mean, it could mean they could they could be able to do it like where they just print. Nickel Bolas on a normal sheet, and he's the only double face card on it. Yeah, totally. Which would and like seem so a bit strange. I get. I can either get a Nickel Bolas just uncut sheet. Yeah. Uh, which would be awesome. Or I could just get an uncut sheet where Nickel Bolas is on it. Yeah. And then I could frame it 
where the magic, like the, the back of the card is, yeah. is visible, and there's just like one bolus just there, like in the corner. Yeah, that would also be sweet. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think. Yeah, either way, like I, I really want to want a full sheet of that. I suspect a lot of people will feel the same as well. So they're probably yeah. going to be quite expensive, but I'm willing to save money for this. It's so sweet. Yeah, it's going to be a, a nice chase item for me. I think. Yeah, let's move on to Nick, Nickel Bolus. Just Nickel Bolus from Legends. The, the original, yeah. The big. Yes, yeah, so let's have a look at old old school Nickel Bolus. The big boy. Yeah, taking it right back. So the original Nickel Bolus from Legends. It's two two blue, two black, two red. For a 7-7 Elder Dragon Legend with flying, and it says an opponent damaged by Nickel Bolus must discard entire hand. Ignore this effect if opponent has no cards left in hand. And again, pay blue, black, red during your upkeep, or Nickel Bolus is buried. I love, I love the the fact they had to like do the hand holding templating on that card. Yeah. Ignore this effect if they don't have any cards in hand. Well, yeah. Also, <laughs> they, they weren't going to discard nothing. <laughs> Um, yeah, this card's actually good as well. Like, yeah, it's is, it. I, it's probably the best of them, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's why Nicol Bolas has sort of been the poster boy, right? Yeah. Um, he's been reprinted in paper three times now. After this, yes. where it's going to be after like uh, Chronicles, right? Yes. Yeah. Bolas oh, has it? been time shifted. It's been F- FTV, and obviously he was in Magic Twenty Five. Yes. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, it's a good card. It's definitely my definitely my favourite of them um, of course it is although I do love the art and chromium I mean I love the art and uh, <laughs> the Victor's Armazi yeah I mean that's true Fishbowl boy I, I it's just one of those things where I, I wish they just made made art like they used to because they really don't make it like they used they to just, anymore wouldn't have, it would appeal to like the old school players yeah and then it wouldn't really appeal to anyone else. Yeah, definitely. Like, I love Edward Edward Beard Junior's art, but yeah, getting him back to do the art for this new cycle probably wouldn't be great. Yeah, just have like cool. this cycle of dragons that don't look anything like the homogenized digital art that we have for the rest of the set. Uh huh. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, I that was yeah. a quick rundown of the the dragons specifically from Core Nineteen and comparing them to their old school and see how they've how they've changed. Um, I guess maybe they've always been this way now. If, if we're if we're taking the the timeline change thing, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is I mean, this is pretty much after they're born, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not right after Nicol Bolas was born. Yes, or hatched, or whatever dragons do. Yeah, it was hatched out of an egg with Ugin. <sighs> no, we're not going to go into the story. We're not going to go into the story now. Maybe no, not. we're going to have to do a do an episode on the story at some point in the future, but. I have issues we'll already. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll have to do a rundown like we did with the uh, with Dominaria. Definitely, and I, I think I'm going to be. I mean, from what we've seen so far, I'm going to be much more critical of this story than I was the Dominaria story. Yeah, so far. I have also, strong feelings about Ugin. Yep. Strong feelings about Bolas. The fact that he doesn't feature in this set is a bit of a bit of a problem. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a, an interesting aside to that one. There was uh, recently Mark Rosewater had said on his, on his Tumblr page that the story for Core 19 was actually written. Well after the the set had been designed, uh, so oh, really? yeah, the inclusion of of Ugin in the story was like as far as like set design and logistics go, it was quite last minute. It was quite a last minute addition. Oh wow! Okay. So they already had like pretty much everything designed before they they brought like Ugin into the story. So that so that's why we don't have an Ugin card in the set. Oh, that's that's a shame. It is, yeah. I, I would have liked to see an Ugin, like uh, yeah, like maybe like a yeah. Thinking about that would have been really cool, like to see an Ugin, uh, like a dual-faced Ugin card as well. Just that have a full sheet of like Ugins and Nickel Voluses. Oh, that would be so <laughs> really cool. 
Um, uh, I want to live in that timeline. Yeah, let's, let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> Screw this one without without Ugans. <laughs> uh, that's the reason. I didn't know that was the reason. I just thought they, because I know. Well, we know now because we've got the full square. There isn't one. Yeah. But I didn't realize. I didn't know the reason. That's that's a shame. Yeah, it is. It's a, it is the reason. So they've this this set is all about. I guess the, the sort of story really in the set is all about the, the planeswalkers and previous interactions they've had with Nicol Bolas mm-hmm. um, and the, so the five planeswalkers we've got from the set we've got Ajani we've got Tezzeret Liliana Sarkin and Vivian so they're all stories and sort of all the characters as they were in the past when they had an earlier sort of interaction with Bolas so we've got like Ajani's last stand where Ajani fights Nicol Bolas and somehow comes away surviving yeah, uh, we've sense. got like one with the machine with uh, Tezzeret uh, on Kaladesh where it's got some fairly, fairly interesting flavour text I think on that one it says uh, when I grafted the planar bridge into myself I felt my planeswalker spark flare beyond my body the multiverse was my plaything it felt incredible says Tezzeret that's pretty nice so yeah a bit of foreshadowing I think so obviously that's happened quite recently as far as like the story goes cause that's happened just at the end of Kaladesh he's Yep. grafted the planar bridge into himself and fused himself with that. Uh, for Liliana we've got Liliana's contract which is obviously way way back when Liliana's made a contract with her demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art that's why that card is so bad in the set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the art on the card's quite nice as well because you've got all four that's demons nice. in the background of the card. Yeah. Uh, for Sarkhan we've got Sarkhan's Unsealing which obviously Sarkhan on, on Zendikar he's opening up a Hedron he's you know, freeing the Eldrazi was that what he was doing there? Or was it when... Yep. Uh, Ugin had spoke to him. I oh, I don't remember. That's really bad. Yeah, I can't quite yes. remember either. I feel like it's something to do with the Eldrazi because Bolas wanted to free the Eldrazi for some reason. Uh-huh. But yeah, we got that that interaction there. Sarkin on Zendikar. He's opened up the Hedron. And then we've got Vivian's Invocation, which appears to show a, a giant spirit tiger jumping at something. Sweet. Like, we don't really have any background on Vivian yet, so I'm really no, interested to see horrible. how she plays into it. Like specifically now that we know that it, this, you know, the theme of the set really is past interactions with Bolas. Yeah, that's sort of the point, which is awesome. Yeah, so I want to see how she plays into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's my favourite planeswalker from the set so far. I like Sarkin. Of course, you like Sarkin. Yeah, like just just in general. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't really know how to evaluate most of the planeswalkers in the set, to be honest. Like, like some <clears throat> like Sarkin in particular feels like really like underwhelming, like tremendously underwhelming. I think was the phrase I used to refer to describe him. Yeah. Like Liliana doesn't seem good. No. Like Johnny seems fine like seems pretty good in commander i think it's the most playable one out of all of them like probably like i know a lot of people have been saying they really like the tesseract like five mana draw two cards but it's still five mana draw two cards it's not great yeah it's not at all yeah so i think i mean out, out of every planeswalker like nickel bowl is the arisen is by far the best planeswalker in the set yeah and he's not even technically a planeswalker yeah he's, well, he is, but you just got a lot of work to to get him there. Yeah, I think I, I think what's interesting about the planeswalker specifically is that they've started to design them quite. They've designed these ones quite specifically. Yeah. So like, uh, Sarkin fits into a dragon deck. Yeah. Very very specifically. So obviously he's had dragon moves before on his cards, but this one he doesn't really do much outside of a non-dragon deck yeah. because of the the uh, the second ability to add mana for dragons. Yeah, it reminds me of, of Jaya Ballard a bit. Yeah, another bad red planeswalker. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Uh, and then we have obviously Liliana who like 
is just a zombie. Like, it's going to be very, very good in zombie EDH decks. Yeah. And the art on that card is sweet. Yeah, it is a very nice card. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know... Cares about zombies. Like, target creature gets minus X, minus X on the turn, where X is the number of zombies you control. Like, yeah, you may cast it's... zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. Yeah. Like, Zombies, zombies, zombies. Yeah, and it's not even it's not even just because obviously previous Liliana cards have cared about zombies in terms of like making tokens. Yeah, but it's never actually cared about the fact that you have zombies in your deck. Yeah, it totally. does. Yeah. You, like you cannot play this card unless you have zombies in your deck because it literally doesn't do anything. Yeah, totally. Because you can reveal the top, you can mill three. Yeah, which doesn't really do anything unless you actually really want that. You can give something minus zero minus zero, or you can cast nothing from your graveyard. Yeah, it just um, does literally nothing. If you don't have zombies, yeah. I think it's a really sweet design, but obviously, you know, it's sort of, sort of bad. Yeah. And then obviously, Tezzeret cares very much. Tezzeret always has, but cares very much about artifacts. Yeah, definitely. So you know, it still does something like draw a card, but if you control three more artifacts, draw two cards. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's particularly bad, but I, I don't think it's particularly great either. Like you're gonna play uh, five mana for a let's say five mana five like the planeswalker. Like so you plus one, you create a colorless stopped artifact creature. With flying, mm-hmm. like five mana creator Thopter isn't great. Nobody protects itself, right? He protects himself, puts him up to six, which is which is pretty good, but I feel like it's a really underwhelming ability for a, a plus one on a five mana planeswalker. Yeah, that's fairly reasonable. But I yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Great. I think out of all of them, like Ajani is probably the most playable. Yeah, and it's still not even that good. Yeah. Very cool though. Again, back to like a really sort of specific build, a specific deck, like that the Ajani just relies on you having creatures, like you need to have other creatures or else it just doesn't do anything. Like plus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on, on each of up to two target creatures. Like if you don't have any creatures on turn four, then that doesn't do anything. I think uh, Vivian will see play because it's a five hundred green planeswalker. Yeah. And green decks and standard normally want a five hundred green planeswalker against control decks. Yeah. So if if something happens and <laughs> Goblin Chain Willow does get banned, so you can play Lanoir Elves, then yeah, sure, yeah. you can probably cast that on like turn three or something silly. And then... yeah, I mean this this will be in the sideboard of decks that used to play this of Vital Force in the sideboard. Yeah, 100%. It's, that's, and that's fine. Like, like That's sort of what Green does now, and yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, even just bring it in just to deal with Flyers, like bring it in mm-hmm. to like, kill a Glorybringer. Like, if your opponent's playing like, Mono Red, like, totally. Um, yeah, like, destroy target artifact, so great against like, the Heart of Kieran. Uh, yeah, it's it's it definitely seems like a playable side, sideboard card. Yeah, and it just gr- like, grinds the crap out of your uh, control opponent. Yeah, totally. One, which is sweet. Yeah. But yeah, these cards, these cards are very cool. Yeah, they they are. Like, they do all feel very underwhelming, but I guess, really, that's to be expected of a core set, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's sort of the point of core sets. Yeah. That's why most of the cards in core sets aren't normally uh, that playable. Yeah. They just sort of fill a cards to fill out the format, and, you know, you get some you get some cool new toys, but there's nothing normally archetype-defining. Yeah, totally. So I'm excited to have them back. Yeah, same. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to pre-release. Um, I mean, we'll do more of a proper rundown on the set as a whole next week. I think uh, yeah. once we've had a, a full, a good chance to look through all the spoilers and, and pick some really cool cards that we like. And cool. So yeah, that's our, our main topic covered this week. We really just kind of want to do a bit of a bit of a comparison, comparing the old to the new, and have a bit of timeline talk, and also highlight those, those sweet new Planeswalker cards we've got as well there, all mm-hmm. in preparation for. Core 2019. I'm excited. Me too. Very excited about it. We do have pre-release coming up very soon. So it'll be the the weekend of the uh, 7th and 8th of July. So mm-hmm. this upcoming weekend, be the 30th and the 1st, uh, it is open house. So if you pop along to any of your local stores that are taking part, 
uh, you get a nice promo card and you get to play some nice cool sort of casual games of magic like bring a friend like it's a really good time to get people into magic like somebody mm-hmm. you know someone who wants to get into the game doesn't really know where to start like take them along with that like you know someone who never thought about playing the game but you thought hey this might be their their bag like they hate money and time like why not drag them into my hobby like absolutely yeah What's the, what's the promo card for this open house? The promo for this open house is Gutter Snipe. It's a nice full art Gutter Snipe. Ooh, dope. Which is like a you know, possibly playable card. Uh, I'd be surprised, but it's cool. Yeah, I mean, hey, if, if Chainweller gets banned, it might be an okay replacement. <laughs> That's a good joke, that. Yeah, I do. I don't know. Like you play burn spells, like yeah. Tony Lightning yeah. strikes into like five damage. Sure. Okay. We'll see. You never know. I like Gutter I, Snipe. I have a vague idea. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, if you do, if you go along to your store at June 30th or July 1st, bring a friend, pick up a copy of Gutter Snipe, have some fun playing some really casual magic. There may be some Planeswalker decks available as well. I think you can buy a Planeswalker deck two weeks early uh, for the first time ever with Core 2019. Uh, so they, obviously there'll be a Core 2019 booster in there as well. So you'll get, mm-hmm. to, get to have one of those early and maybe you'll open a Nickel Bolas. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Or maybe you'll open a Crucible of Worlds. Yeah, I think... <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> cool cards or some money. Yeah. True. So I think that just about does it for this week. So if you want to sort of give us any feedback about anything, like are you hyped for Core 2019? What do you think of the Elder Dragons? Like why is the old art just so much cooler than the new art? Hit yeah, us up on up. social media, like get us at Twitter. We're at HFDcast on Twitter or we are facebook.com slash HFDcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also see my sweet uh, 3-0 Dominaria Sealed deck on there as well. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it a lot. A lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. come in angry, react to that, and tell me why it's bad. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on my own social media, it is at Peach Garden Oaf on Twitter, and that's Oaf with an F, or just Joe Loudon on Facebook. I'm in, you know, probably like ninety percent of the Magic Facebook groups. Like you'll find me like arguing about trade prices and buying reserveless yep. cards. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at Snail sixty nine. Hey. Every time. <laughs> and you can follow me on Facebook, Sam Neal, or Snail, S-N-E-A-L, of causing trouble in the UK magic groups or adminning the Alter group, <laughs> causing some more trouble. <laughs> you, should, uh, you should you should unban me from the Alter group. Um, I'll talk to the admins. Hey. I'll, <laughs> I'll give them a shout and see what they say. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe that's a story for another time. Yeah, definitely. We need to hear that one next week. Yeah, sure. End step story about why I'm banned from the Alter group next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it in the works. <laughs> so once again, uh, we are approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned, quite literally in this case. And we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Thank you.